welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I am Misha Davey and this is my co-host. Hi everyone, it's Christelle here. Exciting times, Christelle, because guess who's back? Back again. I know. I know Emily's back. Hey, Emily. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> that was my best attempt at Eminem to start there. <laughs> How have you been, Emily? It's been ages. Yeah, I've been really good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just really busy with things. But yeah, it's good to be back. Good, good. Yeah, because you have come on before and done some episodes with us. You, um, We did the episode, um, Misdiagnosis, because for years, wasn't it, Emily, that they kept saying, well, you tell us, recap us, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with me, it was always been misdiagnosed. It's just mental health. Um, so it was always, oh, it's just generalised anxiety disorder. It's just depression. Um, obviously not saying that those are things that are just conditions on their own anyway but yeah just autism just wasn't being mentioned until I was 26 and then diagnosed at 27 um so very long process with lots of misdiagnosing going on along the way yeah so how long have you had your diagnosis now 14 months 14 just over a year yeah and how has life changed in those 14 months kind of changed but kind of stayed the same because it was always you (laughs) seems a funny question you know what I mean (laughs) Yeah, it's a funny one to say how has things changed because I think in a lot of ways things have stayed the same. Like my like kind of general things are still pretty similar, but I would say it's I've gained more of an awareness of myself and kind of what I need on a day-to-day basis. And I think the people around me have understood that a lot more. And I think um the biggest change is probably the fact that I'm now self-employed do, doing things based on being autistic so that's probably been the the biggest change um in terms of kind of like the input and stuff I get that's been pretty similar <laughs> for the last 14 months there's not been much change on, on that front unfortunately so that's what you wanted to come on and speak about today wasn't it is that actually 14 months ago you've been given a diagnosis you've left there with something or it was a phone call wasn't it and it's pretty fundamental they've told you you know all this time you've been misdiagnosed actually you are autistic and I remember because it really you know choked me and Christelle up at the time and it touched so many hearts when you told us that you and your mum and actually wow you're autistic everything's clicked into place there so then bam you got this big lightning bolt moment what's happened what happens now yeah uh, what does happen now I think I I'm still desperately looking for the most appropriate autism specific support I'm still getting kind of mental health support from various places but none of it is autism specific speak to a lot of people who go oh well you just need to go to your social worker for that and it's like what social worker am I I, like that you don't get the diagnosis and then miraculously you're suddenly told oh here you go here's all the support you could ever need people mentioned like occupational therapy and things like that and again never been mentioned um it's just things that if it does exist I'm yet to find it and those things that do exist have two year long waiting lists um which I am on but yeah two years is is too long um so yeah in terms of the support not much change (laughs) yeah I think this is not the first time that we've heard this um we've had some of our past guests who have been diagnosed as adults and they all say the same thing because I say okay once you've been to the doctor what's next where do they send you and they all say we're not told anything so really it's like why tell the person 
the diagnosis if there's no other steps to go to, right? Because you still have to work. Yes, school is done with, but you still have to work and you still have to get through life. So what, what kind of awareness do you feel like there should be out here after the diagnosis? I think there needs to be a lot more support to help people to understand the diagnosis. I mean, for me, I think I was lucky in that I had done a lot of research during that kind of process. So I was able to kind of understand quite quickly what I needed. But other people, you know, they get this diagnosis and they're like, what's this? What does it mean? GPs quite often don't have the knowledge base to be able to help you either. So it's just an understanding of how does autism affect you as a person? And we're all different. So it's about having somebody who can unpick that and say, look, this is the support that you need. And understanding that those things vary. We're not always going to be completely fine and independent but we're also not always going to be needing the support 24-7. It varies, and I don't think that's understood enough that actually sometimes we won't need weekly or daily support. Sometimes we can go a few months without something, but actually that flexibility in any service just isn't there. It's you either have a, a block of, I don't know, I'm thinking like 10 sessions for like mental health support and then it's gone. But what if you've been functioning really well throughout that whole period and all of a sudden you go and you suddenly start struggling? That doesn't work. And so an awareness that our brains do work differently and they work differently on quite a frequently, rapidly changing basis um, Mm. is a big thing for me. Yeah, because I was going to say, since we last spoke to you, obviously you're quite vocal about you know, um, being autistic and you raise a lot of awareness on your Instagram, but that's good for other people when they don't know where to go. They can come, you know, from a social point of view, just to kind of listen to uh, someone who's similar to them, but you need something more concrete to help in the journey of life. Emily, where do you find, so, you know, there's a severe lacking in this, okay, in this support. So at the moment, where are you finding support from? From mental health charities mainly um, is mm. where a lot of my support is coming from who are open to me coming in and saying, do you know what, that doesn't work for me. Could you maybe adapt it this way? That's probably the best thing that I'm finding until kind of autism specific support becomes available um, or I'm finding it, like Christelle said, on Instagram with other autistics who are also like diagnosed because we get it. And it's kind of a lot easier to find that support. Um, But at the same time, I recognise sometimes I find it's difficult because I think, oh, it's brilliant that I can make this difference and I can have people who read my story and think, oh, yeah, I really relate to that. But sometimes it becomes a point of I then stop thinking about my own support needs and I'm thinking about other people's support needs. And I think that's where there's a bit of a that's where the balance needs to be kind of brought in and that actually it's great that we can support each other but there really needs to be that extra support there so that we can support each other without draining each other yeah I guess it's good that you know that's a good thing about social media is that you kind of do have these I call them families really um on Instagram and like Facebook where you can bond and people can say actually um I went to these people for help and you can refer each other but in terms of when you go to work, because you said you're self-employed, 
now and um, when you do go to work do you make it a point to let your employers know that you are autistic and if so do they offer any help do they have any services within their companies that help you know people who are autistic or have some kind of diagnosis yeah I am always very very open um about being autistic I think being self-employed because I do do the the training that's involved around being autistic my usual opening line is hello everyone I'm Emily and I'm autistic um so they can't really get away from from knowing it it's a very weird way of saying it but I don't know how else to do it but yeah there's always kind of the people that I kind of work with are kind of wanting to know what sort of support they can put in place. So I would say I ask for my own adjustments and support and things like that when it comes to particular sessions, such as being on mute when other people, when I'm kind of talking, so there's not loads of background noise and things like that. Or I am involved in a, a charity that do kind of, you know, they let me know kind of about which building we're going to, if we have to go to a different space or sending me directions or visuals um, to help with things like that and sending any plans or things in advance or kind of letting me know like the day before like oh we're actually this has now changed this is going to happen instead but yeah still getting <laughs> getting there with employee support as well yeah and going back to your Instagram Emily I noticed a little while ago we was talking about you know sometimes it can be quite sort of like a draining sort of situation there just going to go back a while back and I remember reaching out and seeing if he was all right around this time was that we had a bit of a situation where there was some people that you would kind of get a little bit of grief off wasn't there and we don't need to talk about it if you don't want to like we just skim over it but basically do you feel like there's a little bit sometimes of a lack of support from people that perhaps were diagnosed autistic in childhood is that what the issue was wasn't it and the fact that you were autistic uh, diagnosed autistic as an adult and there seemed to be some sort of <laughs> some sort of strange buffer here like, like some sort of divide put up not by you and I know when we spoke to other guests in a situation similar to yours that we've had this as well yeah there was definitely that divide and I think there was a bit of a, a divide in the community around that particular topic um yeah it was I think it was talking about kind of the the proportion of boys and girls being diagnosed as well was it a bit of a a thing that caused a a stir shall we say yeah kind of where people are coming from and things like that and it's like we all need support we should be in this together it shouldn't be a segregated thing I know that sounds really like oh it's almost like Disney isn't it we're all in it together to quote a film that I don't even like so I don't know what I've just High School Musical that. yeah there needs to be more support to for us all to kind of realize we are all struggling kind of we've all had different levels of support we've all come from different places you know and trying to make those changes however small um so yeah think that answers the question <laughs> sorry that was a very long-winded and I went off in the middle of that Disney as well no no it was great it was great <laughs> <laughs> what are ways that we on social media can get the right attention to get professionals involved in this movement let's call it a movement <laughs> to get help for adults who are diagnosed you know later on in life one of the key things I think is trying to bring in that lived experience and actually getting professionals to understand that lived experience is really important and it's not just about you know brilliant you may have done the most fantastic course on autism at university or something like that but 
unless you've actually spoken to somebody who's autistic, you're not going to to understand the support we need. So if we can get more professionals on board that understand that actually it's important to to listen to what autistic people are saying at all stages of diagnosis as well, because um, I know that those that self-identify are having a horrendous time on Instagram as well. So uh, we wanted to do a episode on this because actually we put it out there about self-diagnosis and not many people come through. It was a while back. Um, and then we had loads of people message saying, oh, it's not a thing. That's not a real thing. And it was like really like, wow. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's quite a, so that would be interesting. If you know anybody, Emily, that would be happy to come on and talk. We'd love to speak to him about that because, um, yeah, get that out there a little bit. Mm. You would think that there's more help out there because obviously I know my son, when he got diagnosed with autism, they said it's it's lifelong. You know, they mm. don't say, they don't say, oh, it's for six weeks or up to five years. So you would think if it's lifelong, that there will be lifelong services out there that people yes. should know about that they can reach out to. So I don't know. The reality is, unfortunately, we seem to have children's services and then young people's services which ends at 25 and like I was my... just gonna say to you is it like to 25 or something silly yeah which when you diagnose at 27 I'm like brilliant I've got this life-changing kind of news of I am autistic that's confirmed and I think I was more upset about the fact that I was finding out I was old at the same time because I didn't classify for young people anymore <laughs> yeah. and I was like Think of being Christelle, yeah. Don't take people our age, Mish. (laughs) That bit will be edited, I'll be fine. (laughs) But yeah, um, so yeah, like you say, it's lifelong, but I don't think that does not translate into lifelong Mm. support. It's yeah, it doesn't. And I don't think there is a bit of a campaign as well about trying to understand autism in later life, yes, because that really isn't being looked to. I think again, Mm. all the money is being poured into what causes autism and this may be a bit controversial from my point of view but I don't really care what's caused me to be autistic Mm. I want to know that the support is there um or it's not that yeah not that I don't care but I just don't know know what you mean yeah yeah focus I remember them saying that when uh, my son got his diagnosis they were like oh do you want us to look into genealogy and do all of this I was like no yeah. what would that mean I would have to do some blood tests no <laughs> he's autistic I don't need to know anything more than that yeah. in terms of that really maybe <laughs> if my son does when he's older then that's yeah. different do you know what I mean like but I wasn't going to put him through a load of blood tests and things like that at that point to sort of tick boxes for doctors it felt like yeah. for research yeah oh, that's the point it shouldn't be about ticking those boxes and I think another thing to include in how can we include professionals is actually seeing if we can, if more and more people post about getting rid of this thing of, you know, this is the cause of autism and moving it on to this is how to support autistic people. And the more people talk about that, hopefully, and I might be being optimistic, it will make a difference and bring more people in. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, Emily. Fantastic, as always. And I know you'll be back. Hopefully not. Don't leave it so long next time. (laughs) (laughs) And please keep us updated with any sort of things going on with support and things like that. Um, We'd love to know what's going on. Uh, Where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, So it's at Emily Autism on Instagram. 
Thanks so much, Emily. Everyone Thank go and you. follow Emily right now. Right now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you, Emily. Thank you.